Welcome to The Grace Space, a space to unlearn what the fitness industry has ingrained in our minds for years. From weights making us bulky to eating 1,200 calories a day, health and fitness can be so black and white, which causes unhealthy relationships with food, exercise, and ultimately, ourselves. When you come to a gray space, you will learn how to stay consistent with the things that genuinely make you feel good and enjoy. So come hang with me and learn how to take back your life without labels, guilt, or restriction. Welcome to the gray space. Hi guys, welcome back. Happy Tuesday. Tuesdays are a weird day. Like we're in the middle of the week still. This is kind of like our second Monday, and it's a good restart if you had a crappy Monday to really kick things into gear now. But Tuesdays, I always look at as like, okay, Monday, got your feet wet, getting back to your regular routine. Tuesday, full force. We're feeling better. We're eating better. We've moved our body a little bit. Let's set the tone to really just kick ass the rest of this week. And what better way to start off your Tuesday than listening to this podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. Can someone explain to me how the hell we are already in the middle of October? I knew this month was going to go by fast, but it's like, it's it's kind of alarming to me on how fast time is flying right now. It's getting colder out. And I don't know how I feel about it because if it stays like it is right now, here it's like sunny, 50s, 60s, not a lot of wind, I'm okay. But when we start dipping into the 40s, the wind starts acting up. It starts to get really gray here. That's when I'm going to be a little bit miserable. But guys, I'm, I'm really, really going to work hard on not complaining about that this year. I say this every year, but if you know me, I struggle with seasonal depression. And hopefully just saying this out loud, saying this on here, you guys will hold me to it. Let's get into that question of the week. How can I get more protein in my diet? This is a very popular yet essential question because if you want to be recognizable in a year, eat more protein. Protein helps you feel more full and satisfied. It helps you maintain muscle mass while you're trying to lose weight. You're going to have that toned, strong physique I talked about this in one of the ways to just level up your life in the last episode because protein is that important. Because on top of us seeing the physical results from it, it's essential for our hormones. Women with PCOS or any hormonal imbalance, when you increase your protein, just by doing this can help you with those symptoms that you might be experiencing. But it can be very difficult to get a lot of protein in daily if you're not used to it. For about half of this episode, we're going to go through an article that was the first one to pop up when I googled this question, how can I get more protein in my diet? And we're going to go through the 14 ways they mentioned to increase protein, and I'm going to give you more context on them, I'll tell you if I agree or disagree, and just make some more recommendations for you. And for those of you that are first-time listeners that don't know, the health and fitness industry is generally very black and white. And going over what is shared on the internet is important to help you come to a gray space so you can get away from that cookie cutter thinking. So that's why we always start off with this segment of the episode, but this one's just going to be pretty long. So 14 ways to increase protein. 
This article is from Healthline. And number one says, eat your protein first. Why they are saying this is because protein is one of the main macronutrients that is going to keep you full and satisfied. I'm personally a big bowl eater, so sometimes eating protein first is just not going to work for me since I have it all mixed in a bowl. Let's change this rule to eating a very high protein breakfast first thing in the morning. Aim for around 30 to 50 grams of protein so you feel full and satisfied after breakfast. And I want you to almost feel too full because this is what's going to help you stop overeating and binge eating at night. It's going to balance your blood sugar for the day and it keeps your body and even your brain satiated. Number two says snack on cheese. This is an easy snack to get more protein in your diet, obviously, but I would say pair this with something. So maybe a cheese stick with a sliced apple and some beef jerky, which is another good high protein snack. I love the combo of Baby Bell cheese and some Trader Joe's teriyaki beef jerky as a snack instead of going for a bag of chips, pretzels, or granola, if you notice that you're doing that. Swap that out with this. Number three, replace cereal with eggs. Why they are saying this is breakfast foods in general are very low in protein. You have your toast, your waffles, cereals, bagels. It's all things that are gonna raise our blood sugar and it's not gonna keep us satisfied until lunchtime. You don't have to replace, but just add something high in protein to your breakfast. I made cinnamon sugar oatmeal with banana and peanut butter. It was so good, but I had some eggs on the side. You can add whey protein and collagen to your oats or maybe add some turkey bacon or sausage with your bagel or toast, but make sure you are adding protein in your breakfast. Top your foods with chopped almonds. Almonds are very healthy and high in magnesium and fiber. There's about six grams of protein in a serving, so there's not that much protein in it, but it is gonna be a great alternative for a healthy snack that you can replace with those chips or pretzels that you've been having. Choose Greek yogurt. I definitely agree this is a great way to get more protein in. You can add protein powder in the Greek yogurt for extra protein if you're making it as an entire meal. It is a great snack. You can also add some nuts, fruits, honey in it. Make yourself a little yogurt parfait. Oh, and they're great to add in for your smoothies to get more protein in as well. Have a protein shake for breakfast. You can have a protein shake at any time of the day. It's a great way to get a lot of nutrients in. You could throw in your fruits, spinach, kale, chia, flax seeds, nut butters, I've kind of been getting sick of them personally because it was my go-to for the last couple weeks to force me to get nutrients in while I'm still eating like a picky five-year-old during this pregnancy. But even the Core Power or Fairlife protein shakes are great for when you're on the go to get more protein in. So say you were just rushing out the door, you didn't have time to pack a lunch, you can always stop at a gas station because they're always available there and grab one just to get a little bit more protein in instead of not eating at all, or just snacking on something that's not as nutritionally beneficial. Include high-protein food with every meal, 100%. If you are not doing this right now, you definitely need to. My recommendation would be around 30 grams or more. Best way to measure that is to look at the size of your hand. 
or you can always use a food scale whenever starting off. Choose leaner, slightly larger cuts of meat. They give the example of a T-bone steak versus a sirloin. It says the T-bone steak has 21 grams of protein and 250 calories. The sirloin has 26 grams of protein and 150 calories. The T-bone is fattier, but I want to remind you guys that fat doesn't make us fat. It is crucial for our hormones because our hormones are made from cholesterol. The messaging behind cholesterol is so skewed that we should stay away from animal fats and red meat. That should not be your main focus to take out of your diet if you're noticing your cholesterol's high. It's the sugar and carbs that are affecting it more. But unfortunately, our health system doesn't want to tell us that and it's going to they're just going to put you on a statin instead because they're going to make money off of it. It's a whole other topic that I'm not going to get into, but don't be afraid of animal fats and red meat. It has tons of nutrients that our body needs and craves. Add peanut butter to your diet. Peanut butter is high in healthy fats and moderate in protein. If you're just wanting a piece of fruit or oatmeal without adding additional protein for a snack, throw a little bit of peanut butter on it. This is a really good hack for anyone that is close to becoming diabetic because the last thing you want to do is eat a carb by itself to skyrocket your blood sugar. So adding a little bit of peanut butter on it is going to level out that blood sugar and you'll get a little bit of extra protein in from that as well. Eat lean jerky. We talked about this a little already. It's a great high protein snack. My favorite is chomsticks and the Trader Joe's teriyaki beef or turkey jerky. You always want to try to look for grass fed. You can get some at Aldi as well. Include cottage cheese in at any time. This just made me think of the pumpkin cheesecake smoothie I used to make all the time. It was with cottage cheese and it was so good. I hope I remember how to exactly make it because I really want it right now. I feel like people either love cottage cheese or they hate it. If you love it, have more of it. If you don't, ignore this one. Munch on some edamame. One cup, surprisingly, has 19 grams of protein in it. I like to order this as an appetizer when I'm at maybe like a sushi place or getting a poke bowl. So I'm getting a good bit of protein in before my meal so I don't overdo it because... I'll be honest, I tend to overdo it with the sushi because it is absolutely my favorite food and I miss it so, so much with this pregnancy. Eat canned fish. Okay, this just made me nauseous to read that out loud, but tuna packets are such an easy way to add more protein in. You can make a tuna salad with celery and maybe add a little bit of grapes in it. Make it as a meal with some multigrain crackers or even throwing it on some toast. It's really good. And the last one, this is number 14 eat more whole grains. Even those are considered a carb, it can help with your overall intake. Stay away from those refined carbs, but you know, sometimes five grams here, three grams here, it can add up throughout the day. So hopefully that gave you more insight on the suggestions they made, which are all true, but hopefully my context helped made it more realistic for you on how you can start working on increasing your protein. Some other tips they didn't mention but are super helpful is buying rotisserie chickens and deli meat on days you don't feel like cooking, making your protein in bulk so you have it for maybe three to four days out of the week that you don't have to cook as well. You'll save a lot of time. 
Don't be alarmed if you notice bloat in the beginning when you're trying to increase your protein intake. I've had clients go from barely eating protein and then they're just trying to aim for like 150 grams, which is their overall goal. And they were super bloated and uncomfortable and their body wasn't used to it yet. So we had to gradually increase it over time until their bodies were capable of breaking it down. Things to help break it down, hydrochloric acid. I know that sounds scary, but it's just like a little capsule that you take. And digestive enzymes can really help you in the beginning. They end the article with getting enough protein in your diet is very important. A high protein intake can offer numerous benefits, including helping you lose weight, gain muscle, and improve your body composition and metabolic health. Fortunately, this is easy to do if you follow some simple tips above. The gray space in this entire article, guys, is it's not easy as following these simple tips, in quotes, because sometimes the things that sound so simple can be the most challenging. Slowly start working on this. Mess up. Learn from those mistakes. Adjust and eventually you will get to a point where you master this and your body and health will thank you. Second half of this episode, I want to talk about parts of pregnancy no one talks about. Hopefully this helps pregnant mamas out there relate and even if you aren't pregnant, it's good to know these things to have more realistic expectations as to what could come. I know parenthood is going to be a wild ride because it already is. Anything can happen. Everyone's experience is different and everyone likes to either shove their opinions down your throat or you're constantly hearing the, oh, just wait until phrase to scare the heck out of you. I want to share just some of the notes I've written down in my phone through this first half of pregnancy because if you can believe it, next week I'm at the 20 week mark. You know that TikTok sound where it's like, so I'm 20 weeks today, still have 20 weeks left. Best believe I'm making a post with that sound, but something that's always been on my mind since finding out that I'm pregnant is constantly being worried there is something wrong with my baby. When you first find out you're pregnant, you can't go to the doctor until your eight-week appointment, and I really thought after that appointment, my anxiety would go down, and it does for a day, and then it's right back. Then you think, okay, I got through the first trimester. That's whenever my anxiety should go down. It doesn't. I kind of just look at my doctor's appointments as checking off the boxes instead of thinking my anxiety is just going to magically go away. I'll be honest, I was petrified going into my first ultrasound because the first thing that pops into my head is, what if there's no heartbeat? Like, you just think of the absolute worst. Now that I'm feeling some movement at my latest doctor's appointment, she was like, are you feeling anything? And I'm like, no, not yet. And she's like, well, you should be. I'm like, oh, great. But I guess I was confusing the flutters for gas. So I actually was feeling flutters before I even knew that they were flutters. But now that I know what it is, if I don't feel it, I start to get nervous. Cramping can be scary, but it's very common because your uterus is contracting and expanding, which will cause some painful cramps, of course. But your first thought is like, oh no, something is wrong. The anxiety of the unknown is always going to be there. And I really do believe God only throws things at us that he knows that we can handle. So that is what... 
I constantly remind myself just like how I struggled with the unknown if I was ever going to get pregnant. I had to continue to have faith and that's kind of just what I'm doing right now. The next thing I wrote down was mourning the body you've worked so hard for. Um, okay, listen. Before I was pregnant, I would kill to have these problems. So anything that I'm bringing up, don't think for a second I'm ungrateful. I'm human and these are just normal human thoughts when you are pregnant. Is it hard for me to look back at old photos right now? A little. But what's more alarming to me is looking at these photos now and remembering when I took them, I didn't think I looked as good as when I look at them now. You know, when you've gained weight and then you look back at an old photo and you're like, why the heck did I think I looked bad back then? Like, that's kind of what I'm going through. I've always struggled with body dysmorphia and I've done a lot of work to get to a better place with it, but clearly I still struggle with it. I didn't realize how badly until I became pregnant. But it's weird because me watching my body change right now, I'm not hating my body. I think it's literally the most fascinating thing on what my body is doing while I'm just here living. Clothes not fitting the way it used to is a challenge at times, but I'm literally growing a human. So there's some justification around that. And the clothes that I am putting on, I still feel confident. I am still keeping up with my style. It just helps me feel like me, even though I don't recognize this body anymore. I know all the work it took physically and mentally with my pre-pregnancy body to get to a better place. What I think I'm more worried about is once I have the baby, there's no longer that justification. I have a human growing inside of me. But the last thing I want to do is put pressure on myself postpartum. But I am worried on how much I am going to struggle with. But there I go future tripping again. Another note is not knowing how this baby will change our relationship. Like Bobby and I talk about this all the time. It's no longer just going to be the two or three of us if you count Ellie and how crazy it's going to be me seeing him as a dad, him seeing me as a mom, like making sure we still make time for us. We are so excited, but it's crazy to think about how our lives are about to change forever. Luckily, we are so on the same page with everything parenting-wise, which is great. And if you are with someone, I do recommend having those conversations before you consider having children, just because if we weren't on the same page with the way we want to parent or had different views on things, it would be really challenging and definitely affect our relationship in a negative way. So relationship with your significant other, but with your friends as well, those relationships could change or are going to change. I am one of the first out of my core group of friends to get pregnant. Luckily, the support I have from them is already insane. Like my best friend just moved her bachelorette for me so I can go next week when it was supposed to be in April. But if I... I wouldn't be able to go then because I'd be only one month postpartum. Are we going to have to do a little bit more planning in advance for me to get a sitter or have more nights in? Yeah, but I know they fully support that and I'm not worried I'm going to lose contact with them just because I have a kid. For you, that might not be the case. I do feel really lucky with the support I have, not only from my family, but for with my friends as well. 
Maybe you're really worried that your friends aren't going to want to hang out with you anymore because you're a mom or those friends think that they're about to lose you as a friend because you can't go out and party like you used to. It just takes more effort on both sides to continue a relationship. If everything is one-sided, that person won't stay in your life. It's understanding when you have a baby, that's your number one priority and friends respecting that. But you also have to reach out to check in on them in order to keep the relationship going. But yeah, those are just some of my thoughts as I hit the halfway mark on my pregnancy. I'm off to work on getting things ready for the gender reveal party, which is a story I'll have to catch you guys up on another time. Don't forget to pretty please rate and review the pod. And until next time, I'll see ya.